Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And once again, welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 326. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, spending time with some family and friends. We're in the home stretch now. 2023 is coming to a close. Just one more tournament on the books for me. That will be the Jones Cup Junior Invitational at Sea Island. This is a fun tournament. I don't go to many junior golf tournaments. I really like this one. The players and the parents are very relaxed. National Signing Day has come and gone, so there's no coaches watching the players. The stress level is way low. And hey, it's a cool vibe. It's a fun way to close out the year. There's also, though, an exemption on the line. The winner of the Jones Cup Junior will get into the field of the 2024 Jones Cup Invitational. So looking forward to that one, but still have some time. So lots of episodes coming out to close out the year. Got to work on my top 10 memories of 2023. That's a fun uh, social media post that I do at the end of the year. So make sure you're following on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every episode is available in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best place to get all of those links and perhaps pick up a brand new hoodie for the holidays. Yeah, I said it. Check out the website, thebackoftherange.com. My guest on this episode is Gregory Odom Jr. from Howard University. He captured the individual win at the Southwest Airlines Showcase at Cedar Creek that was recently televised on Golf Channel. Now, during our conversation, we spoke about his start in the game and also the rebirth of the Howard University golf programs. You'll learn how these programs came back to life thanks to the help of their director of golf, Sam Purrier, and a certain NBA future Hall of Famer, Steph Curry. Now, as you can imagine, the entire history of the revamped program, and and Gregory's story for that matter, can't all be covered in just one single podcast episode. So, if you have access to ESPN streaming services, you will be able to watch the entire docu-series that was devoted to the program called Why Not Us?, The link to that series will be in the show notes of this episode. Let's go ahead and get started. Gregory, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. uh, Um, You're very welcome. Um, I I know we've just recently talked about this and, uh, you know, I'm I'm totally fine with, uh, I'm used to people being jealous that I live in South Florida, especially during this time of year. But you, sir, are enjoying the calm, balmy conditions uh, of Memphis, where you're, you're from, your hometown, made it home. What's the weather like in Memphis, Tennessee this time of year? How much are you loving being back home? Uh, it's not ideal, I would say. Uh, <laughs> it's very different. Uh, it actually gives me more time to be inside with family and friends, so that's uh, not bad. But, um, you know, golf-wise, it's like 40 degrees in the morning, like 50 high, so quite chilly. Uh, since the last time I've been back, and it was, you know, super humid and hot, but uh, it's a fun time, and just try to enjoy the holidays. That's right. That's all you got to do. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not that time of year for golf. I think everyone is kind of ready for a little bit of a break and uh, get the holidays started with Thanksgiving and then ultimately Christmas, but um, 
Yeah, he just had some TV time, man. Just picked up the the win at the Southwest Airlines Showcase at Cedar Creek. I'm incredibly jealous because I actually fly Southwest Airlines all the time. By the way, they are not a sponsor of this podcast. I want to just get out right in front of that right now. Um, but I fly <laughs> a lot, a lot on Southwest. And you pick up the individual win, you know, 12 under, 69, 66, 66. I know they give you this trophy, but I'm just thinking – are they giving you like unlimited Southwest frequent flyer miles? Cause that's the first thing I thought of when you picked up that win. What did you get as a, uh, in addition to the trophy, what else did you get? Hey, I, I wish I was a, you know, full time oh. Southwest flyer for the rest of my life. But, uh, I think they gave me, um, two free round trip tickets also with the trophy. Nice. And then I think I'm playing like two APGA events as well. I think that's kind of it. Yeah. That's uh that's that's not too bad though. That's not bad at all, especially as a nice little uh, close to the fall season. Um obviously this is the inaugural tournament and a lot of great things they did on social. I mean, they flew everyone in, took care of hotels and just it looked like it was more than just the golf. Can you talk a little bit about that tournament and all the different um I guess features of it where it looked like there was Maybe some personal growth programs. There was, uh, you know, I think a tour of the Southwest Airlines facility. Talk to me a little bit about this tournament. It was a great tournament. Uh, I mean, you had 21 men and 21 women all playing one event. Um, It was all sponsored by Southwest and, you know, other sponsors. And, you know, they flew us out, um, had us a place to stay, you know, uh, meals, um, everything is kind of comp, tra- uh, transportation, all of that. Uh, we had panels with, you know, guys like Roger Steele and Will Laurie and, um, you know, other people from the I Am Golfer Foundation. Um, got to see a lot of people. Uh, Charlie Silver Jr. was there to, you know, present me with the trophy and also be around other, you know, participants. Um, just a great tournament. And then also it was on Golf Channel. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, people like me, you know, the minorities, we really don't get that TV time um, normally. You know, it's kind of hard to get in those type of events. So it was cool for them to, you know, come together and execute an event like this on Golf Channel and give us the ability to, you know, be showcased around the world. And um, I mean, I'm just grateful to be a part of this. Do you feel that, you know, there's some some players I've been around where, you know, when there's a few extra cameras or if it's on TV, you can kind of see them maybe shrinking a little bit or just, you know, not super comfortable with that. Are you a player that, I mean, do you feel that it gets more out of your game when you're on TV or when you're, you know, at higher profile tournaments? Uh, I feel like the way I play on TV is how I always play, you okay. know, without the so, um I feel like when the camera's around, they just showcasing me being me. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how I want to portray myself um, to the world, of just me being me. And uh, I feel like right now it's working. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, you've had a tremendous amount of success in your collegiate career. We're uh, obviously, you know, you're at Howard University right now, graduate student, one of the, the stars of that team. We will get to, uh, there's lots to unpack and talk about with, with Howard, but uh, you are Originally from Memphis, Tennessee, we talked about that's where you are right now for the holidays. Started your career at the University of Memphis, but let's go back a little bit further. Talk to me about the magic of Irene Golf and Country Club. 
<laughs> That's funny. I'm actually here right now. Oh my gosh, really? You're at the club right yeah. now? At the club right now. That's incredible. Uh, okay, tell me about Irene Golf and Country Club. This is my home. Uh, this is definitely my second home. Uh, you know, you come up here early mornings, work out, and, you know, just stay at the course, eat hang out with friends and play golf all day, try to take some cash off of them, try to get you that lunch money. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Golfers are just, I mean, just degenerate gamblers. I love it. Yeah, this is this is my baby. Uh, you know, I always got to come back. Great people. Uh, they support me. Uh, I love being around them, uh, you know, on and off the course. Uh, these became friends and family. Um, yeah, this is my baby. I know your dad got you into the game at a very young age, but when when did you start? There's there's always obviously you know parents are typically the ones that get someone in get a kid into the game, but there's also like at these clubs like I can I've never been to to this club, but I, I can I can kind of picture it in my mind's eye of just a lot of other guys around that kind of help take care of all the kids, you know, learning how to play with adults, learning how to like you said, you know play for lunch money, and play different games. Uh, who was the crew that kind of got you started in that journey where it's not just playing golf, but also learning the, the culture of, of playing it competitively? All right. So I kind of was like the youngest kid around okay. um, kind of growing up. So um, I guess I was like in middle school and, you know, my friends now, they was in high school and they would play with the adults at the time and, you know, noon games. And, you know, I would kind of look up to them, try to get my way into that, you know, group. Um, then we was called the Punk Squad Group. Nice. Uh, like, it was a bunch of us. Uh, so we kind of helped mold each other games and grow. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to be the best out of all, all of us. And I feel like that's what really helped me grow. And, you know, being around them and, you know, that pressure day in, day out. <laughs> you know, you don't have a lot of money, but they do because they work. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just trying to, you know, get some and, uh, you know, also play good golf and beat your friends at the same time. But, uh, yeah, that's what type of club it was, just like how you described it. I, I think I know the answer to this, but winning money off your friends or winning money off of the adults, what's better? Oh, uh, definitely the adults. Uh-huh. They, they get so pissed they want to leave and uh, – <laughs> I love it. What's do you remember maybe like what was like the youngest when you started like playing games against them, the older the older guys? I would probably say around 13, 14. Oh yeah, they're pissed at you at that age, of course. I mean, yeah. you're no longer that the little kid that, oh yeah, here's you beat me, here's a quarter, or you beat me, here's three bucks. Yeah, they don't and when you get to be thirteen, they're like, All right, kid, get away. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's uh that's awesome. time. That's yeah. That's uh, that's fun. So you you train you go to Memphis, spend a couple of years there, and then you go into the portal. And you know, right now the transfer portal is you know it's a hot topic in college golf where you know players are you know maybe looking to angle to go to a bigger program to maybe get more PGA Tour U points or there's you know there's NIL money up for grabs. You know there's there's so many different reasons that that players go into the portal. But you go to the portal and you get a call from this guy talking to you about um, Howard University. And, you know, some programs, they can sell you on the the rich history and the facilities. And here's our schedule. Um, Howard didn't even really have an official program yet, did they? 
They did not. <laughs> okay, Man. so your coach, the coach of the time, still the, the director of golf there, Sam Perrier, who I've met. We'll get into that in a minute. How does he sell you on transferring to a school that technically does not have a program yet? To break the story down, I think I was in Kroger. Uh, I was with my middle school principal, and, you know, we chopping it up about life, and, and I was telling him I was in the transfer portal, and he was telling me, oh, my frat brother got this team at Howard, and, you know, I was trying to brush it off because I really didn't want to go to HBCU, okay. uh, which is the reason why I went to Memphis at first, uh, you know, to play the high-level golf. Um, and then, you know, I get this call from Coach, and we just talking, and I feel like he knew he wasn't winning me over, so we just started talking life, and, you know, it just felt like an uncle type of vibe, and um, and we just kept talking about golf and his accomplishments, and you know, me and where I want to go, and then you know, hung up, and then he kind of called again days later, same thing, and um, you know, it just felt like home, and then he kind of sent that um, letter of intent, and I was like, hold up, now. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> he was going all in, and uh, you know, it was it was a new start for him and a new start for me. And you know, I just felt like it was time to you know leave Memphis because I've been in Memphis all my life, and you know, try something new. And uh, you know, I thank God I took that that uh, leap of faith, and uh, never looking back. Now, Sam Perrier, for those that may not know the name, um, assistant coach at Stanford. Um, first African-American coach at a Power 5 school. He was a head coach of Michigan State. Did you know any of this when you were speaking to him? I did not. Okay. And then he told me, and I was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sure, sure. Yeah, sure thing, coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just to I, – I, I know the history of how this program had its rebirth. I mean, you know, Howard did have a team back in the, in the late 50s. Uh, I believe it started in 1958. Team really kind of disbanded in the early 70s due to just lack of financial resources. I think the university basically just chose to put their money elsewhere, which happens at just about – you know, this happens all the time. And the the program kind of goes dormant. And I, I know that this story has been told many times, but I, I did a little bit more digging and I love the story of, I mean, you know, I mean, it's Otis Ferguson. I think Otis Ferguson yeah. has to be, I know the name that, that most people are thinking about when they think of Howard University golf is Steph Curry. We'll get that to into a second, but Otis wanted to start, he started a club team in his sophomore season. Most people, when they meet celebrities, they want to get an autograph. They want to get some sort of social media cred or a retweet or just say, hey, look who I have a picture with. He didn't do go that direction. He basically did not want any personal status. He wanted status for his university. So Steph Curry comes to campus. He's promoting a film that he's producing. Otis, I, I'm watching this video and it's hysterical. So Otis is just pushing his way through the crowd just to try and get to the stage, just to say, just get his attention. And he mentions something about golf and he talks about, hey, let's get a game. And, and that's his end to talk about, hey, I'm trying to get a D1 program here at Howard. And, you know, they exchange messages and, and emails and all of a sudden it happens. You know, that's great that Coach Perrier is talking to you about all the plans, but still there's no program. So when did that, when did your, you start hearing about Steph Curry's involvement in the university that helped change your mind about coming to Howard? Uh, I want to say Coach probably mentioned it in the talks, but like, and you're not said, thinking like, that's for real. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, until like 
you know, during that, I, this was during COVID. So, you know, yeah. after I signed up and I was like, oh, I'm going to Howard. You know, nothing is still in the works. It's just like, hey, it's time to, you know, enroll to going to Howard and get your classes ready and just see what's going on. And I feel like I was still at home during my first semester. And then uh, we kind of took a trip to uh, Atlanta. We went to TBC Sugar Loaf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had like a Calloway fitting. And I kind of finally met Otis and some of the guys like Josh and Edrin. And that's when I finally kind of was like, oh, this is real. So uh, hopefully I didn't make the you know wrong mistake. And from there, I feel like things you know started to expand and grow uh, with Howard Golf. Well, he uh, he makes this commitment to the program to to underwrite it for for six years, and I know that Callaway gets on on board and um, yeah. and Under Armour's on board, and just you know, there's there's just this program has been born now. You know, obviously, this financial commitment gets the program up and running, but you know, y- you can also talk. You know, what can you say that you've received out of Steph Curry over the last few years? Other than just him cutting a check, I mean that's great. That gets the you know get that gets the gear, that gets the uniforms, but that doesn't help the ball go in the hole. That doesn't help you hit fairways. That doesn't get you up at five a.m. to hit the gym. What has his involvement done for you personally um, to help your growth over the last couple of years? It's been great. Uh, the first time I heard from him was uh, during our first competing season, which was spring 2021, after I won the PJ Works. And then, you know, he called me and congratulated me and all of that. And then I also been on like a mentoring show with him that was featured on Snapchat. Um, you know, I also have his number now. So, you know, I can always call him about advice and, uh, you know, mentoring. But uh, yeah. I think he's just a personable person and, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, you see him as this, you know, goat of a guy, but yeah. uh, he's just, you know, a real down to earth person. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to call him a friend. Yeah. That's a, that's a great relationship to have too. And also just see how much he works at his craft. Cause that has to absolutely inspire you with, with what you're trying to do as well. Definitely. Definitely. Now you're, you're a graduate student at Howard. Um, your time is coming to a close and I, 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 you know, I talk to college golfers all the time and, um, you know, players come and go at, at programs and, you know, they're trying to leave their legacy, but, um, you know, they don't, you're actually trying to literally shape the foundation and the rebirth of a golf program. It's such a unique opportunity that you have. What is your role on the team? I mean, obviously you, you handle your business on the golf course, but, what is the type of role that you have on the team so that you know that you're going to leave this program in good hands? I try not to, I don't like the labels like leader when it comes to like being with my peers. I would like to, you know, keep it in like a family mindset. Okay. I said, big brother of the team, you know, I'm one of the oldest on the team. And, you know, we got a lot of young kids now, a lot of freshmen, that's, you know, 18 and 19 and all that. Yeah, all these all, all these teenagers, right? I mean, you're just an old yeah. you're just an old old guy at, at the ripe age of what twenty four? Yeah, twenty three now. 23. Twenty all oh, twenty three. Yeah, you're old. Yeah. You're just oh, you've seen it all. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm just trying to help them, you know, through the you know life mistakes that I made, and uh, you know, show them a better way. But uh, you know, also having fun at the same time, and you know, just trying to be in their lives as much as possible, and you know, help them figure out this golf life and real life situation so that they can be, you know, better than me. And, uh, you know, they can lead this program, you know, better than, you know, I left it and then, you know, better than they left it. So 
that the other people down the line can, you know, enjoy and uh, keep the Howard golf name going. I think I first met you and Coach Purrier and the entire team. It was, gosh, it was way back. It was the 2021 Merido Collegiate. Um, what a great tournament. Oh, I mean, that course, yeah, that course is is a tough one. But, uh, but yeah, the Merido Collegiate. So, all right, so here's what I got to ask you. Um, you, you <laughs> I know, I know you know where this is going, but, but no, but this is, this is actually a serious, I, this is, this is, I think this is a, a, I'm very curious about this because you start, you get in this tournament, there's a lot of powerhouse D1 programs in this, you know, the Arizona yeah. States and the Oklahomas and Texas. Um, Howard finishes 15th out of 15 teams. This is the start of your season. Now, some people can look at that and say, you know, oh, well, it's great. They have the opportunity to compete, but also you're also, you know, you're, you're outmatched on a golf course. That's very, very challenging against some of the best programs in the country. So what was coach Perrier's message to you after that tournament? I mean, that's the start of your year, which yeah. you end that season, actually winning your conference. You win the, the, the mid East Atlantic conference. You go on to nationals, win the HBCU national championship, but that's the start of your year where, I mean, you couldn't start any worse. How does he pick you up and how does he set you in the right direction? Oh, one thing I would like to clear up that we, as a team, and I know coach, we hate the the talk of, oh, they got the opportunity to play in a tournament like this. Right. Uh, yeah, we hate that. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of more motivation, but um, I don't think it was just getting thrown into, you know, the lion's den, but I feel like we were, a little unprepared coming in. Uh, you know, Merido is one of the toughest golf courses in that area. Um, you know, I, yeah, preparation-wise, I think we lacked then. But, um, yeah, that was a fun golf course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the hardest golf courses I played during that time. Um, but it's different. I mean, it's hard going against, you know, uh, Texas and Arizona State. Cause this is a new program, you gotta realize. Of course, uh, facility. We practice at you know really golf course. I mean, it's like being at a golf team, but like just doing normal stuff, like going to a golf course and just practice. You know, he's still trying to construct things for our team because you know it was new at the time, so he's still trying to construct things and actually have a plan. So uh, that was kind of hard, you know. Also, and then throwing us into a tournament like that. Uh, so it's just a play away. Do the best as you can right then, and then we'll try to figure out stuff down the line. And I feel like we did figure out stuff down the line, which is why we won a conference and went back to back um, at the PJ work. So, yeah, I mean, that tournament helped us learn a lot about ourselves and as a team. And I feel like we definitely grew from there. So, just to kind of recap, basically, the results were real at that specific tournament were not important. It's how it uh, identified character within your team and the dividends paid off later. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the fact that you hate the fact that it's like, and, and I'm going to probably trip over my words here, but I love the fact that you're like, yeah, we hate hearing things like, Oh, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. I would imagine that gets tired. You get tired of hearing that stuff. Yeah, uh, I feel like we are fortunate to be one of the, you know, HBCUs that play in big tournaments like, you know, Stanford Tournament or that Merido Tournament. Right. Or Bowls of Honors and stuff like that. Um, I mean, we work hard for it and we just try to stay around as long as possible and, 
you know, hopefully be one of them talked about names one day. So how do you, when you go and play in this, I mean, whether it's you playing in, um, you know, playing in a corn freight tour event or getting a sponsor's exemption um, into, into Wells Fargo, I mean, you've played it, you've already played on the PGA tour. Um, you've played corn Ferry events. You're, you're playing in, in different tournaments. How do you, how do you leave the, you know, do you think about, okay, I'm representing Howard. I'm representing HBCUs. I'm representing, you know, Steph Kurt. Do you, how do you put all that aside and focus on your, on your game? And this is something that probably every player deals with at some point. How do I, not complicate things when I step on the golf course and just focus on my business? I feel like for me, it started young. Um, I mean, you know, being at Irene, I see a lot of people that look like me, so that's kind of cool. But I noticed once I started playing the bigger golf tournaments, it wasn't a lot of people looking like me. And I knew that I couldn't be like anyone else. Right. Uh, when I, so I just had to be me. Um, I think that took me a long way, and it's still taking me a long way to this day. So... You know, I try to tell my teammates, just be yourself because we can't be them when we're out there. And, um, you know, even though I might like the resources and probably opportunities before, I know that because of this opportunity that I have now, I just need to, you know, live it to the fullest and take whatever I learned to account and, you know, apply it to the next situation and uh, just carry on and just, you know, just show myself as being the you know best golfer I could be that week and uh, try to be a better golfer the next week. Yeah. Yeah. That's really all you can do. I I'm in the middle of watching, um, the docuseries on ESPN plus why not us that that featured, uh, the program really just, you know, tells the story of, of the university and, and the golf program, Steph Curry's involvement. One of the fun, one of the funnier points of episode or parts of episode one. And, uh, I don't know, I know coach Perrier didn't find this funny at the time. Cause I, that's probably what I'm bringing up. Um, you guys get your rings at halftime of a ba- of a Howard basketball game. You all come out to, you know, half court, and you have the trophies, and you have your rings, and the PA announcer is introducing you to the crowd, and you know these are the MEAC conference uh, champions, and the PA announcer forgets to mention that you're also the HBCU national champions, and your coach is not happy about that whatsoever, um, yeah. and. Uh, clearly that, uh, you know, not recognizing the achievements. The only reason I bring that up is obviously that was one situation, but what are the things that coach doesn't, that, that drives him crazy during practice? What are the things that are like his absolutes that this team must do to operate at, 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 at its best? Cause every coach has that thing that drives them nuts. How do you know how to get under coach's skin? It's a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just, I mean, I feel like just doing stupid things, uh, trying stupid stuff. Uh, He's kind of a straightforward guy. You know, hit the fairway, hit the green, uh, two-putt type of guy. Uh, hit sure. towards the center of the green corners. And, you know, when you try to start being heroic, uh, that, that throws him off and uh, he loses it. Um, <laughs> so, short, so short siding with a wedge isn't going to work? Yeah, not at all. He's he going to look at you and walk away. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, I feel like you know all coaches like being late. You got to be on time. Yeah. Um, wearing the right things. Um, 
because a lot of stuff has happened. We had teammates to leave clothes before going to golf events. Uh, what What is it with college golfers that they're so incredible on the golf course, but getting them there, some of them, it's like, it, it's. It, I hear this all the time. Like, wrong shirt, wrong hat, lost my yardage book cover, can't find my head cover, forgot to bring golf balls. I, I it, Yeah, this happens all the time. I mean, when you're always on the road, it's kind of hard to, you know, clean the stuff and bring you back out. Sure. Um, I mean, I can fall into account for that. I mean, I brought two left shoes to a golf tournament before and, you know, was willing to, you know, play with them. But Otis helped me out and uh, gave me his because he had two pairs. So nice. that was cool. But, um, yeah, Coach is a unique guy. You know, as much as he smiles and, uh, you know, have a great time. And there's some stuff that can get under his skin, but, uh, you know, he's kind of cool about it. I feel like we all view him as an uncle. So it's all a learning experience with us. And, uh, we just try to keep trucking. Yeah, no, I, I, I've seen both sides of that. Very intense, but, uh, two left shoes. That is a new one. I've not heard <laughs> that one. Um, really Otis. I mean, he's, he builds the program, uh, gets Steph Curry and, and make sure that there's extra shoes. Otis is really the MVP of the program, isn't he? Yeah, shout out to Big O. What's he doing now? I know he's, I know he's, you know, he graduated a lot. What's he doing now? Uh, right now, I think uh, he's still playing golf. Uh, and he also has a side business of YouTube that is doing pretty good. Like YouTube and social media that's doing pretty good. And then I also think he's trying to bring a club team back to Howard and, uh, you know, kind of have that run along as with the Howard golf team to, you know, get people to still play golf. And because uh, golf is a, you know, valuable asset to your personal life. So I think he also trying to do that as well. That's awesome. Well, I'll have to look up and give his, uh, give his YouTube channel a little bit of publicity and, uh, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. So you've played, um, let's see, good summer you had, you're at Dogwood, you're at the Southern, you're at the Transmiss, um, now starting, uh, you know, this is your final season here at Howard. Now, help me out with something. I spend all my time trying to promote the personalities in amateur and college golf. Uh, there's so much talent on the golf course, both on both on the men's and women's side. I yep. feel that there are some players that hide their true personalities during competition. There is not much banter. There's not much trash talking. I, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen 20-footers going for birdie. I got a camera in my hand. I get nothing. I don't get a fist pump. I get nothing. Um, you do not have that problem, but can you, I mean, how can we possibly bring more of a personality to, to amateur golf? I, I need it. Why is it that some of the players are hiding this? Uh, I feel like it's just the old ways of, you know, everybody trying to be professional Yeah, and trying to rewrite the, the, the word professional and the definition of professional, um, Cause even coach tell me a lot of times, you know, when you come out and do stuff, you can't do it this way. You need to be this way, and I'm just like, nah. So I kind of challenge out on it. And um, well, no, wait, I mean, no, give me give me an example of that. Hold on, give me an example of that. What something that? I mean, yeah, give me an example of this. Oh, uh, I would say some stuff that you know would be different. I feel like it's the new generation, old generation when it comes to this, and probably the way we wear clothes, our fashion is uh, a lot different than his. He liked the baggy. We kind of like the nice and fitted. Um, you know, the way we play music, he liked to bring in, you know, classical music or some, you know, everybody kind of likes coming into the 
the gates of the golf course and I'm like, play our music, you know what I mean? Pump it up, uh, coming in and, uh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's kind of how you describe it. Um, the slang, I feel like, um, yeah, I think the slang is the biggest one. Okay. I'm from Memphis, you know, it's a Southern accent. Also, I got that Memphis accent. I say different words like Maine and, uh, you know, what's good? What's up, <laughs> okay. player? Okay. No, I, I kind of like to keep that going. Sure. Uh, I don't want that because, you know, that's like uh, losing a part of myself. And, uh, yeah, I feel like he's kind of growing into it a little bit. Uh, he's getting to that age where, you know, he can do whatever he wants. So, uh, I think he's kind of leaning into it a little bit, but that. That was something that was bothering him at the beginning, but uh, we're working things out. We're working things out. Uh, that's good. And you mentioned he's getting to that age. What what age is that? I don't want. I want to make sure. Am I at that? I don't. I want, <laughs> am I at that age yet? What age is that that he's at now? I, I know he's like fifty one, fifty two. Oh, okay. He's getting up there. Okay. How old are you? I'm I'm forty seven, Greg. So thanks. Uh, you got a few years. You got a few years. I got, got time. Okay, I have time. All right. I'm I'm just yeah. glad that glad to hear that there's still hope for me. That's uh. That's good. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I got time. Um, back to back HBCU national champions. You, you've won two national titles. You've won two individuals. You went back to back. Your your teammate, Everett Witten, he won the individual title last year. Yeah. And I guess I got to ask you, don't you think it'd be great if he won it again this year? That way you both had two to share as you both ended your college career? I don't even think I would ever think like that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to set you up. I I know that I already knew the answer, but but I mean I mean wouldn't that be great though? You and Everett both having two and both going back to back, and you could share that memory forever. Wouldn't that be great? No, nah, he got he got to definitely fight for. Um, I got to go out on top. Uh, I think it's back at TPC Sawgrass, which I won my first one, so yeah. it's the only way to go out. Um, but it's always fun being in a dog fight with him. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, us as, you know, black golf. So it's always cool to go to every single golf tournament. And, you know, we always had that friendly rivalry uh, going on. And, uh, you know, now, recently, my other teammate, Josh, you know, tried to take me on. So that was kind of cool uh, to have him in the final group and, you know, us battling it out. And, uh, yeah, but EJ definitely going to have to fight for it. I, I cannot wait to see how that uh, plays out later this year. What uh, what are your plans after college? Uh, how do you get? I'm I'm assuming you you have professional aspirations. I mean, you're you've already gotten your your taste on Corn Ferry, um, APG, um, APGA. So what's what is your pathway that you're kind of looking at? Uh, I mean, the closest one right now is uh, the APGA. You know, collegiate rankings. Right now, I'm at number one. So that will allow me to, you know, have resources for Q school and other things and, you know, have a place to play at least uh, during that first stretch of professionalism. Um, also, I think they give me a, a um, sponsor exemption into a corn fair. So it's all about just taking advantage of every opportunity, opportunity that is uh, given to me. Uh, but definitely the APJ would be a lot of help right now so um yeah but it's all about trying to get to the corn fair and pj tour as fast as possible and uh make that a way of life as i mentioned you had a you know, summer playing some of the elite amateur golf series events you know southern transmiss um uh you know competed at the dogwood i know you're getting ready 
um, you know, once you get out of that cold weather, you're going to come down uh, to, to my neighborhood and and play uh, South Beach. I know you're going to the Patriot. Uh, what are maybe some of the things that you're seeing at these, you know, these elite level amateur tournaments that, you know, every every golf tournament's a learning experience. Whether you, whether you win, lose, finish in the middle of the pack, there's always something that you pick up. What were maybe some of the things you picked up this summer that, you know, okay, I need to work on this. I need to tighten this up. I don't have that that shot quite yet. What are maybe some of the things in your game that you're trying to improve upon before you do make that uh, start in the professional ranks? Um, yeah, this summer was great. Looking at a lot of good players, play a lot of great golf. Uh, I feel like for me, um, it was just the way of life being a elite golfer. Um, I feel like a lot of these guys got good mentors and people that they play with and they help them, you know, reach the heights that they are at. Um, I feel like they show up to these amateur tournaments uh, with very pro-like um their 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 approach may be better is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro pro approach. Uh, they have the track meds and GC quads, and you know they stretching properly for their body and working out right. Um, they're eating properly. Make sure they you know have great nutrition on the course, and you know all of that. Talking to their mental mental coaches and you know putting in their stats so they know exactly what they need to you know work on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's just like the full course meal for me, uh, you know, to eat from going into, you know, my next season and then going into pro golf. It's just you need to you need to see it to be it. And, uh, you know, it's cool to, you know, play these elite series events and, you know, see that. So now I can, you know, take it to my game and, you know, try to be better than I was. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's. I think that's something that everyone kind of sees and needs to see when they kind of make that step up. I think every golfer, when you make, you know, when you do get to that next level, you see things that are like, okay, I need to add that. Um, so, so the program has been successful at a national stage, winning uh, national championships at PGA works. And, you know, you're in a new conference this year, last two years, you've been in the Northeast conference. So, uh, you know, just to kind of clear up, like, for people that are following you, following Howard, and you know you're you're going towards the postseason, but you kind of have two pathways. Uh, can you kind of clear up maybe like what what does a successful postseason look like for Howard right now? I would like to say, just like my coaches say, we are not a school of letters, and um, those letters are HBCU. Uh, we kind of don't look at ourselves as just, you know, HBCU, but as a, you know, elite golf team. So, you know, our goal, like any other team, is to make it to nationals and, you know, find a way to win. Uh, but, you know, for us, we have to win conference and then make our way to regionals and, you know, make a miracle pop to go to nationals. Um, but, yeah, that's our goal. Uh, we just try to strive to be better every year. I mean, playing at PGA Works was great. Uh, you know, last year we won by a lot of strokes, which was cool uh, to see our team finally rise to the occasion. Uh, but, you know, now we got a big spring. We got our hitter back, uh, Marcus. Uh, Josh is playing well. EJ is playing good. And we got our new guy, CM Mixon. That yeah, just from Louisville. Play. Yeah. Yeah, playing well. Um, and we just, you know, trying to play the best golf possible. I mean, this is our last time really having a great group of guys like this. Um I hate to say it, I don't know when, you know, a great group of guys like this will happen again at the HBCU. 
So we just try to live it to the fullest and, you know, make our way to nationals and, you know, be that team to, you know, turn hits. I think that's awesome. So you're you're kind of what you're saying is you've kind of been there, done that with PGA Works. It's a great it's a great opportunity. It's a great tournament. But you you guys are striving for something more. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, it, if we was able to play PJ Works and do conference and nationals and regionals and all of that together, we would do it. But uh, I feel like I don't think that we can play PJ Works if we win conference. So I think we're going to try to set our goals higher this year and uh, try to make it to nationals. Nationals is out in California this year, La Costa. So, um, yeah, weather be pretty darn good. Yeah, every time I go to California, it's always cold and a little windy and a little rainy. So, no, hopefully, it's good. well, Graham, glad we got to catch up. Um, you know, congrats on all your success, especially just recently at the uh, the Southwest Airlines Challenge. Enjoy some family time, get some rest, and uh, yeah, big spring ahead for you and the and the Howard Golf Team. And I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Have a great holiday. Thank you so much. And there you have it. Special thanks to Gregory Odom Jr. for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the back of the range.